Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to another installment of Locked On Texans, your daily podcast covering your favorite football team every single day. And as always, I'm your host, Cody Davis, along with my partner in crime. You guys know what it is. Jones, some sports guy Hickman on this Wednesday edition of Locked on Texans. Happy to be here again to discuss a, a plethora of things. But before we get into the breakdown for tonight's show, this football season will be different and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day. No matter how you watch this season, Pepsi is a refreshment you need to power through game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers. These passionate fans are the real generational talent that Pepsi fuels because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for us, those who watch it. Pepsi, made for football watching. Cody, what do we have on today's rundown to discuss on Locked On Texans today? You know, since there's a lot of rumors going on about the possible departure of J.J. Watt, it has me thinking about the future of this franchise and about one player in particular, and that player is Deshaun Watson. And, you know, we see the rumors of J.J. Watt departing for Houston because Houston, they're not a championship contending team. And if you go back and look at the past, what, nine years since J.J. Watt has been here, you could possibly say three out of those nine years the Houston Texans were actually contending, not necessarily for a Super Bowl, but at least they were a legitimate team who can possibly go far in the playoffs. And, you know, when you look back over the last couple of great players that we have had come through this organization, you can honestly say that the Houston Texans have failed just about all of them. So it has me wondering, you know, should we be concerned about the future of this franchise, the direction? And, is there a possibility that we might fast forward five years later and have the same conversation, but this time with Deshaun Watson talking about how the organization had failed him. Speaking of Deshaun Watson on yesterday, we heard from the entire Houston Texans coaching staff and we heard from Tim Kelly. We heard from TJ Yates and both of those guys talked about the development of Deshaun Watson going into this year and how smart he has been. And I actually want to use that because there is something in particular that I've been raving about him not really using his legs too much, but that both of those guys said something that really sparked an interest in me. And I'm going to talk about that and let you guys know about that a little bit later. But first, talking about the Houston Texans in 2020, of course, one of the main things we have to talk about is the defense and or the lack thereof of the defense, especially when you talk about the secondary. And John, I wanted to bring this up to you today because you have been a big advocate about the absence of Garyon Conley. And you feel like because of Conley is the reason why we've seen the Texans secondary play so bad. But on yesterday, I actually had the opportunity to ask Anthony Weaver how much is the absence of Conley affecting the Texans? And is there a possibility we're actually going to see him heading into the second half of the season? And this is what he had to say. Hey, Coach, um, what's the likelihood that we will see Garyon Conley during the second half of the season? And how much has his absence been affecting the secondary so far? Yeah, Cody, I, I wish I could tell you. Um, you know, that, that's definitely a better question for the trainers. I know in, in my talks with Gary on that he is he is frustrated. Um, he is working. Um, but, you know, that really easy, that's 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 up to that's up to God at this minute. It's in God's hands, man. He's doing everything he can on his end. 
I know the trainers are too, and, and everybody's frustrated. And, and obviously it affected our defense. He's a guy that, that we had counted on coming into the season um, to be one of our, our core players in the secondary. I think we saw what he was capable of doing last year, uh, and we expected a, a jump in play coming in this year, but just now and having knowledge of the system. So, you know, anytime you, you lose a, a starting a starting caliber corner before the season even starts, it's obviously difficult. So once again, that was Anthony Weaver. And to be honest with you, John, listening to what he had to tell me on yesterday, I honestly do believe that we're not going to see Gary on Conley for the rest of this 2020 season. And I know we talked about this a little bit last week, but look, I don't see a situation where A, he's going to be ready in time. B, I'm going to side with the trainers here because it seems like he wants to come back. But at the same time, the trainers want to save him from himself because A, what are you going to come out here and play for? And B, you don't want to risk re-injuring your ankle that you just had surgery on and possibly derail your career, not just in Houston, but your career in general. And, you know, it's, it's a tough situation to see Gary on in. But at the end of the day, John, I got to give it to you. Not having Gary on Conley here has really affected this Texan secondary. Yes, it has. Absolutely. And before I kind of address Gary on, um, I want to address Anthony Weaver's comments. Listening to the to the trainers, uh, he's frustrated. The, the coaching staff is frustrated. Everybody's frustrated because he can't go out there and play. You know, that's honestly, it comes with the game. It comes with, it, it honestly comes with the ins and outs of this business, right? Players are going to want to play even when they're being told, hey, it's not safe and smart for you to play right now. And so, you know, overall, I look at it as being in this tough conundrum. But ultimately, if I'm Anthony Weaver, and honestly, if I'm a part of the training staff, I'm, I'm laying it all out there for Gary Young that your presence, as much as it is needed at one in six, you have to make a business decision for yourself. Do I want to go out there and play for a team that has virtually at this point no chance to make the pro season, to make the playoffs, and risk re-injuring myself? Or do I want to stay healed and then become fully ready for the next season? Because if I'm Houston and I, I gave the opportunity and shot to Vernon Hargraves, and I should not be resigning him if I'm Houston. Um, if I'm Houston, I go out and I and I talk to Gary Young and we come to a mutual agreement of what we can do moving forward because the secondary looked much better with him on the field last year. And the secondary, without a shadow of a doubt, will look much better with the field, with him on the field this year. He's just not there, which, you know, that gives another reason why they, they've been so bad. But there's nothing for you to go out and prove on a 1-6 team right now. Get healthy and, and, and bounce back harder next year. Those are just my only worries on that because I'd hate for him to go out there in the last couple of games of the year to try to make a point, and he re-injures that same ankle or he goes out there and plays bad because he hasn't had an offseason. He hasn't played football since January, you know, contact football since January. And he looks so bad that whatever you were trying to prove, you didn't have the opportunity to prove it. Stay healthy, get healthy, rest that ankle injury, and come back next year just stronger. Whether it's with Houston or not, but I definitely believe that him and Houston are kind of a match made for one another 
So I believe he will be back in Houston next year anyways. Just get better, get healthier. We also heard from secondary coach Dayton Lynn, and he talked about the absence of Bradley Roby and how much that affected this team Sunday against the Green Bay Packers. And I actually wrote an article on ESPN Houston that you guys can go check out. And I talked about how even though it's not the reason why the Texans ended up losing that game. It's part of the reason why Devontae Adams almost recorded 200 and something receiving receiving yards on this organization. And as of right now, there is still no word on how long Bradley Roby might be out. But John, I'm actually afraid to see how bad this secondary possibly might be in the second half of the season. How much worse can it get? Are you telling me in the second half of the season, we're going to have multiple guys have almost 200 receiving yards on us? Because at the end of the day, yes, the schedule will get a little bit easier in the second half of the season, but you still got to go up against Jarvis Landry. You still got to meet him with T.Y. Hilton, and you also got to deal with A.J. Brown again. So I'm very nervous to see what's in store for this Texan secondary after this bye week. Well, luckily, I think with the bye week, it'll bring an extra opportunity and, and an extra week to just get prepared. Yesterday's show, I mentioned how this team came into this offseason and just wasn't prepared from every level, from the special teams, from the assistant coaches to the coordinators to the head coach slash GM, who's no longer with us, to the players. They were just not prepared. So this will give them an extra week to fix small issues that have grown over time to become big issues. The number one for this defense is tackling. Number two is covering. So this, this bye week will give them that opportunity. And, and hopefully it will allow them to get some sort of grip on where they want to go. Because, you know, listeners at home, early in the offseason, earlier in this season, the question that we threw out there and kind of went back and forth on regarding this defense was how they did not have an identity. Seven weeks later, they still do not have an identity outside of just being really bad. So this bye week should do wonders for this team. And when I look at not having Bradley Roby, not having Gary Conley, now having to depend on Vernon Hargraves, Philip Gaines. Uh, and I did like this quote from Anthony Weaver. He mentioned how Lonnie Johnson will not go back to cornerback. He will stay at safety. You don't want to continue to flip him safety corner, safety corner. I like that because it'll give him an opportunity to get prepared at a position. But, you know, overall, where can they go? Who can they call upon to actually have a fighting chance against some of the uh, receiving cores that they will have to face moving forward? I don't really think they have anywhere anyone to pull from. And so they're going to have to work with what they have. Eli Apple was released from the Carolina Panthers. And I saw a couple of people say Texans, they added the Texans Twitter page and, you know, go get him. But if you bring in Eli Apple, are you getting any better? No, you're not. So you're going to work with what you have. And this extra week should give them uh, on every level of the defense, front four, linebacker core, and secondary, the opportunity to just get better and fix the issues that have been plaguing them all season.
with every increasing number of makes like Fiat, Kia, and models like Pacifica and XT5, it is now impossible to stock all of your parts you need in a traditional chain storefront. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidated questioning and wait while the counterman orders the parts on his computer, choosing only the brand his warehouse happens to carry? Come on, guys, we can do better than that. You have computers with access to rockauto.com at your home and in your pocket. One reason to repair and maintain your car is to save money that you can use for other important things like mortgage or food. Why would you choose to spend 30, 50 or even 100 percent more for the exact same auto parts at a chain store or new car dealership? For example, the Delphi FG 1456 fuel pump assembly for a 2005 through 2010 Honda Odyssey cost three hundred fifty three. dollars 99 at advance a big chain store but it only costs 216.79 at rockauto.com chain stores have a different price tiering for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers rockauto.com prices are the same for everybody and are reliably low rockauto.com always offers the lowest prices available rather than the changing prices based on what the market will bear like airlines do rockauto.com is for everybody and does not require a membership or account login go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their how do you hear about us box so they know we sent you amazing selection reliably low prices all the parts your car will ever need rockauto.com one of the main reasons why jj watt name has been tossed around in trade rumors so much it's due to the fact that the Houston Texans have never really gave him an opportunity to actually compete for a Super Bowl. And once again, when you take a look at what he has done in his career over, the, over his nine-year span in Houston, you can possibly only say there was three times that you can truly say the Texans were a legit team. The Texans were a team who could possibly make it to the AFC championship game. And, and maybe if everything fell right, possibly the Super Bowl. However, it's not. And you're looking at a situation where not only do you need to trade Watt, but the Texans need to do Watt a favor and trade him to a team where he can actually go out and contend. However, this segment, we're not going to talk about the whole J.J. Watt trade room. And I'm talking about the next great Texan in line. And of course, I'm talking about Deshaun Watson. And when you go back and you take a look at the history, the great players that the Texans actually had in their short amount of time being an NFL organization, they have actually had some talents. Aaron Foster, Andre Johnson, of course, J.J. Watt. Might even want to throw Mario Williams in there, depending on what's your take about his tenure there. But the Texans actually had a lot of great players come through this organization, but it always seemed like they never had an opportunity to get all the pieces they needed in order to let those great players that we saw here compete and actually play meaningful football. And one of the reasons why I was actually excited about Deshaun Watson in his first couple of years in Houston, it seems like he was going to be the first player to actually have everything that he needed, not just on the offensive side of the ball, but actually have a solid defense who can actually go out and do their job while he's resting and getting prepared to go back out there on that field. But when you take a look at the past, what, eight, nine, 10 months, and you take a look at the, the moves that Bill O'Brien has done, it has me wondering, will the Houston Texans waste Deshaun Watson's career? 
Because you take a look at where this team is right now. And it's going to take at least two seasons, two full years in order to not just repair the damage that Bill O'Brien has left this team, but also get this team to a point where you can honestly fully say they're going to be able to contend. So that takes two years off of Deshaun Watson's career. And then you also have to worry about the coach that the Texans are going to bring in. You got to worry about the general manager that the Texans are going to bring in. And what's the likelihood that the McNairs might go out and get a coach that none of us has never heard of? What's the likelihood that they might make a terrible mistake that can actually cost Deshaun Watson the problem of his career? And John, listeners at home, I know you guys heard me say this, and I truly mean this from the bottom of my heart. I don't want Deshaun Watson to fall in line, to fall in place of having a problem of his career wasted like we saw with Andre Johnson, like we saw with Arian Foster, like we saw with J.J. Watt. These next couple of months, basically this upcoming offseason, is going to be the most important offseason in Texans history. Because whatever moves they make is going to reflect on a career of Deshaun Watson. And what I don't want to happen the next five, six years from now, we get to the end of Deshaun Watson's contract and he don't have nothing to show for it because the damage is already starting to show. And you've seen how good this man has been playing this year, more so the last three games of the regular season. And you only got one win to show for it. A win against a team that's just as bad as the Texans, if not even worse. So, It calls for concern. And John, listeners, I hate to say it, but I am concerned. Well, I think it's okay to be concerned. I think that if you look at the history of this franchise and what we've seen, listen, the franchise started off with Derek Carr, David Carr. And, you know, contrary to to popular belief, David Carr was not a bad quarterback. If you look at David Carr's three-year span of how many times he was sacked in three years, I think it still holds the record. So we 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 wasted David Carr, who actually became a two-time Super Bowl champion, backing up Eli Manning. But we wasted David Carr's career, uh, and then we want to move forward. I'm not necessarily going to say Mario Williams because he wasn't he he wasn't one of those players that we would have considered to be. Uh, uh, generational great yeah, you're for right. Houston. But, I mean, he still was a player who was here through an up and down with his career and Houston. Um, and then he went over to Buffalo and had a, and he finished his career off decent. But we look at Dwayne Brown. We look at D'Amico, D'Amico Ryans, uh, who was one of the Texans great during his time here. Andre Johnson, uh, Arian Foss, like you put it, Vontae Leach, who left and, and immediately went to win the Super Bowl with the Baltimore Ravens, along with Jacoby Jones, Houston's MO in this last 20 year span that they've been known in a franchise has been not being able to properly send off their best players. I think of the year that they beat the Bengals in the first round when JJ White ran that 70 yard interception back. You know, that was a great team. I, I think of the years where they were 
very good on all levels, maybe except for one at quarterback. And they've been very good teams. But Houston has failed to put their franchise players like Andre Johnson, Arian Foster, J.J. Watt, Dwayne Brown, uh, Brandon Brooks. Uh, I can keep going. And now we're looking at the possibility of Deshaun Watson's career being a waste. I think overall, the first thing we have to do is understand that everybody isn't meant to go to the promised land. I mentioned that earlier this week. But ultimately, they have to get started now for what the Texans can be two years from now. It's, it's very important to get started now. It's very important to find a GM head coach combo that knows how to work with one another and put the team in the best position without egos filling the room. It's very important that they bring in somebody who won't overpay older guys on their third extension. It's very important that happens. Because if you don't, then you will jeopardize yourself not being able to bring in younger pieces that are very good in the positions you need them in. You jeopardize making trades that now at one and six, you'd have a perfect, like it wouldn't even be a rebuild talk if you were a one and six and you had your first and second round pick. But now it'll just be go out there, draft the two players in those spots or trade for players that'll come in and, and turn this team around. Now the first time you're going to draft, at least as of right now, we'll be in the third round. So you're going to have to find a, a head coach, a GM, and a scouting department that knows how to find talent, right? So they have to get started right now for what the Houston Texans can be in two years. But ultimately, overall, will his time here be a waste it only can it only depends on what you consider a waste is is everybody expecting this this team led by Deshaun Watson to go to a Super Bowl one time I think yes and I think that's fair we saw Cam Newton do it in Carolina he went there one time uh we we've seen we, we saw Colin Kaepernick do it with the 49ers when they went to the Super Bowl we've seen Russell Wilson take his team to the Super Bowl and win one lose one We've seen players, you know, do it that are kind of similar to somewhat of Deshaun Watson style. When you look at everything each of those quarterbacks do. Uh, but Donovan McNabb, he went to the Super Bowl once and lost. So we are expecting Deshaun Watson to get to the Super Bowl at least one time. But the reality of it is that doesn't always happen. And he still can be a great. But in this league, he's primed to be a Super Bowl player, a Super Bowl quarter quarterback, I'm sorry. Not necessarily a winner, but how he plays and how dynamic he is, he's actually primed to go to the Super Bowl. So get started right now this season. Understand where you're at. And it's important that they get a general manager in as quick as possible that will set his own culture and know where he wants to go. And the great thing about it is, you know, normally when you get a new GM and a new head coach, the first thing that they're looking for a lot of time is the quarterback they want because the team that they're coming into, they don't have that. Like we look at the situation in New York for both franchises, the New York Jets and the New York Giants. This should be Adam Gase's last year. Um, but let's say if Dave Gettleman in, the, in New York for the Giants, if he's going out the next year and they have a top three pick or let's say they have number one, 
that GM coming in would undoubtedly look at drafting Trevor Lawrence. The GM that we have here, whoever, whenever he takes over, understands that I already have my quarterback. I just got to go fix holes in other areas to boost his team and be one of those teams that can actually win in free agency. I don't want to say that his career would be a waste because he just signed his extension. He's just having a down year and not necessarily him because in the last three games, he has been on fire. The team has having a down year and career wise. No, I don't think he would be a waste because his stats would back his talent. I'm going to have to disagree with you just a little bit because look at the guy that we're talking about right now, JJ. look at the stats, look at everything that he has accomplished and what does he have to show for it? And, and I said that because, and I'm glad that you mentioned, you know, what would be considered a a successful tenure having Deshaun Watson in Houston. I, I don't want nobody sitting here thinking that I'm I'm saying that he has to go out and win, win one or two or three or four Super Bowl titles in order to have a, a successful tenure in Houston. I'm not saying that, but John, you mentioned this. You talked about the quarterbacks that he is similar to. And one of the guys that you brought up was Donovan McNabb. And I grew up on Donovan McNabb. He's actually one of my all-time favorite players. And he never won a Super Bowl title. And he only been to the Super Bowl one time. But at the end of the day, I consider his tenure, and not just me, people in Philadelphia as well, they consider his tenure as the quarterback of the Eagles successful during the 2000s because every single year they was in contention to get to the Super Bowl. And if Deshaun Watson can possibly replicate the success that McNabb had in Philadelphia, I would consider that a successful tenure. But once again, what I don't want to happen is we look, nine years later and we looking at Deshaun Watson career and we say, well, he look at the stats. He, he had the stats, you know, he's a, he's a five-time pro bowler. He's a, he's a three-time all pro member, but yet you never made an AFC championship game. Th that's what I don't want to happen. And if I feel like we get to that point, you'll be looking at a situation where you can honestly say the Houston Texans have failed another great. So that's what I'm talking about, a successful tenure with Houston. I'm not saying, I mean, of course, it would be great if he brings a championship to the city of Houston. I mean, one Super Bowl championship would just do wonders for his legacy in Houston. But I just want this team to put him in a situation where every single season he is playing meaningful football, just like his contemporaries in Patrick Mahomes and Lamar Jackson and Russell Wilson. This year, Deshaun Watson is not. Well, remember the Eagles in 2005, they did have a down year after winning 10 games for the last four years. Previously, they went 6-10. and 10. Now, that was a year Donovan McNabb got hurt. He only played in, I uh, believe, seven games, nine games. He played in nine games and he was hurt. But all I'm getting at is it happens. Uh, teams go through these difficulties these obstacles, unless you're the, the New England Patriots, and we're seeing how difficult it is for them right now. But, you know, they go through it. And the, the best thing that you can do is just get better because in that next year, in 2006, they reversed it. They went 10 and 6 after going 6 and 10. It's always good to understand where you are right now just so you can get better where you and where you want to go. Once Houston realizes that, and I think that's a part of the trade deadline, that they need to understand that somebody, some of these guys, if you can possibly move them and get something back that makes sense, go ahead and move it. Because then you would jeopardize your franchise, like I mentioned, 
because of a player instead of getting better for what you know is the future, which is number four. I told you guys about Bill Bar, how great Bill Bar is, but also left out some very important details that you need to know. They have 18 amazing flavors, including nut and non-nut flavors, six new flavors, which includes my favorite, the caramel brownie, along with the cookies and cream. My grandmother loves that one. They still have the 12 original flavors, the raspberry, the German chocolate, along with the peanut butter. The bars are covered in 100% chocolate, soft and easy to chew. And this is for the healthy, conscious guy like myself who wants to lose weight but doesn't want to give up a lot of the sweets, right? You can lose and maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. The bars are low calorie, low sugar, high protein, and high fiber, and great for a keto diet. And here's another thing Bill Bar is doing for their customers right now. You get a free cooler with the purchase while supplies last, which is only for a few weeks or so. So, so go ahead and hop on that right now. Go to BillBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get $10 off your next order. Again, use promo code LOCKEDON to get $10 off your next order. You know, listeners, it's always important and interesting to hear from coaches that are not the head coaches, right? So in this case, if Bill O'Brien was still here, anybody but Bill O'Brien. And in this case, Romeo Cornell, who's the interim head coach, anybody from but Romeo Cornell. And it's always good to hear from them. And, and the reason why, for me, is at least they're able to answer and respond to questions um, about specifics, right? And so I say that because we actually had an opportunity to hear from special teams coordinator Tracy Smith. And what's been one of the biggest topics in the last year? Why is Kiki QT still on this roster if we're not going to use him? And Tim Kelly spoke about how the chemistry between all of the other receivers and Ronald Cobb, the receiving room has just been so good that there isn't necessarily a need for him. Okay, I understand that. Then we have special teams. And so we actually heard from Tracy Smith, and he said that Kiki QT does not have a lot of experience as a punt returner. And DeAndre Carter has been reliable catching the ball as a returner. And QT would be ready if needed. We also had an opportunity to hear from running back coach Danny Barrett, who, you know, kind of hinted at Duke Johnson will see more looks on first and second down in the last nine games of this season. And I think that's very important. Tim Kelly also mentioned that the Texans haven't been able to stick to the run because of how the games have played out. And before I move forward, I would say the games have played out because of some of your play calling that's with or without Bill O'Brien. But he did mention how that they will take a look at scheming runs better. And I've been screaming that from the mountaintops for so long now. You know what makes the 49ers so damn good? Cal Shanahan can scheme up a run, boy. He did it in Atlanta. He's doing it for the San Francisco 49ers. The way he schemes running plays is just so beautiful to watch and it's not just so lackadaisical isn't the, the schemes are just not so vanilla rather it's not just so here's the ball run straight up the a gap b gap it's more than that and i love that about kyle shanahan so schematically i would like to see houston do a much better job than what they have been doing in regards to allowing david johnson the opportunity to not have to do too much and putting him in positions to win However, I like the fact that Coach Barry mentioned that we will see more Duke Johnson, and I think that's the best thing you can do. 
However, on yesterday, we heard from Tim Kelly and TJ Yakes, who is also the assistant quarterback coach. And both of those guys talked about the development that Deshaun Watson has made this season. And they said something that really caught my eye. Both of the guys talked about how smart Deshaun Watson has been playing this year. And one of the reasons why they say that they have seen him mature this season versus the other three seasons was the fact that he's running less. And Tim Kelly was asked, why is Deshaun Watson running less this year versus his previous three seasons? And Tim Kelly said that Deshaun Watson has finally figured out that he does not have to take all those unnecessary hits. And the fact that he's actually improved at making his reads and he's no longer panicking like what they saw through the first three years of his career. And I wanted to bring that up because, John, as I mentioned, I've been very heavily about letting Deshaun Watson work and letting him use his legs to beat the team. But I actually like that Deshaun Watson has finally decided to stop taking those unnecessary hits because according to Tim Kelly and according to TJ Yakes, both of those guys say that Watson has realized that in order for this team to be successful, they need him on the field. And the only way you can make sure that you're on the field, he needs to be as healthy as possible. So I just wanted to bring that up because I thought that it was the play calling that is stopping Deshaun Watson from running, but it's his decision. Yeah, and and along with not using his legs to create plays, one thing that we are seeing, especially in the last three games with the addition of Brandon Cooks and Randall Cobb, is he's just getting the ball out quicker. And that's been an issue for me for a very long time. I felt like they they didn't play situational football in certain downs, but Deshaun is getting the ball out quicker. And a lot of times these receivers are able to get in space like Randall Cobb, like Brandon Cooks in areas where they can win those one-on-one battles. And the best thing about it all, they are actually opening up Will Fuller, not the run game. So that's good. It's good to see that he doesn't necessarily have to use his legs as much as he would like to. Well, as much as we would like to, they are doing a better job of allowing Deshaun to get the ball out quickly. And, and, and on top of that, he's calling audibles at the line of scrimmage. He's, he's checking the defense, and he's doing everything you want to see out of this quarterback. It's so sad that we couldn't see this in the first four games, but we know how limitations can hurt the person. I'm John from Sports Guy Hickman. Follow us on Twitter at Locked On Texans and like us on Facebook. Remember, you can catch this podcast on all of the major podcasting platforms. That's Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Megaphone, and Spotify. As always, I'm your host, Cody Davis. Please remember to follow me on Twitter at Cody Davis underscore 24. Once again, that's Cody C O T Y D A V I S underscore 24. Talking about Deshaun Watson over his last three games. This guy has averaged 334 yards while completing 74% of his passes with a 9-2 to touchdown interception ratio. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, peace. You are Locked On Texans, your daily podcast on the Houston Texans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.